You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site now. We're looking through all the latest early developments in NFL training camp as it opens across the league for all the teams just getting warmed up. Teams reporting, getting into action this week. And soon we'll have a preseason game. Uh, this Next week, we'll have the Cowboys and Steelers in the Hall of Fame game. So, a lot of excitement about to come with games in play for all the teams. And we still want to continue with our advanced scouting there. And we've looked at the offensive coordinator changes. We've looked at some camp battles. Now we're going to focus this show on vacated targets. You've heard a lot about those and different ways people broken them down. We're going to look at the 18 teams in order reverse that had at least 100 vacated targets up to date now from 2020 going into 2021, what that means, how you should target certain wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs because of uh, these numbers. So we'll drive into that in a moment. A little good fantasy football uh, advanced strategy session here to close the week. But I do have to remind you about Peacock and Williamson, NFL analyst Brian Peacock, and former NFL scout Matt Williamson, host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe, like with this show, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we'll count it down here. Number 18, the team that had uh, over 100 targets, the first one, vacated. The New York Jets, 118 targets vacated from 2021. Now, a lot of this is uh, Brashad Perryman, who moved on here. He had one year with the Jets. It didn't quite work out. Couldn't stay healthy. He had 60 targets there. He had Frank Gore with 19 out of the backfield. You also had quite a bit of uh, action for Chris Hogan, surprisingly. 26 targets. So a lot of the main sources of the missing targets there. And then Perryman, they did go out and sign Corey Davis. Now, they also created a bit of a crowd with Jamison Crowder there, Elijah Moore, the second-round pick. They also added Keelan Cole on top of Denzel Mims. So last year, Crowder had 89 targets. Mims had 44. So those could be in flux with Moore and Cole in the mix for the Jets. But... This all points to Corey Davis having a big role. Now, we don't know exactly how it's going to work Crowder versus Moore, Mims versus Cole. It's a new offense of Michael Floor, new starting quarterback, the rookie Zach Wilson. But the outside big target that's classic is going to be the guy we want to look at. And Corey Davis being undervalued here, had a very good year, breakout season for the Titans, about time as a top five overall pick in the draft in 2017. He had to come through, and Corey Davis was the man. So, what this tells you is Corey Davis being still undervalued. I think he has wide receiver two appeal here in this situation because the Jets defense is going to be in transition. They're going to struggle quite a bit. They're going to trail. There's going to be some high volume here. But Davis certainly has the direct path to eating up all those uh, targets and more that uh, were vacated there in the wide receiver core between Perryman 
and Chris Hogan and a few other guys. All right, let's go to the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, they have uh, quite a few as well, 120. They're number 17 on the list here. So let's look at the Raiders and what they lost mainly was Nelson Aguilar leaving and uh, Devontae Booker out of the backfield as well. So when you look at those two, Aguilar had 82 targets. You had 21 for Booker. So that right there is 103. Booker went on to the Giants as the backup. Aguilar, of course, signed with the Patriots. So there's where your vacated targets, a good chunk of them come from here. So they, what did they do? They signed John Brown. So he's in the mix here. They also added uh, Kenyon Drake out of the backfield. So Drake should not only pick up what Booker gave them, but also some into Josh Jacobs' work. So that's where Drake is going to factor in. John Brown, we'll see. They plan to have three wide receiver sets here a lot with John Brown in the middle there. Henry Ruggs III only had 43 targets in uh, 12 starts last year. And Brian Edwards, very banged up as a rookie as well, 15. So those three guys can be on the field. So some of the targets may have to come from Hunter Renfro, who had 77 last year. But what it tells me is the Raiders a little tough to trust here because I'm not sure how the targets will be redistributed. Brown, I would not jump to go after here. I would still feel great about Ruggs and Edwards picking up a lot of those targets and bouncing up that way for Derek Carr. Renfro having a little bit of a lesser role as Brown cuts into some of the things that Aguilar and Renfro did, and they combined for 159 targets. So those uh, big uh, targets uh, there as Renfro sees maybe a lesser role and uh, sees those numbers drop down to 82, go to somewhere else. Drake is going to impact Jacobs a little bit and certainly eat up the ones that Booker had. So, again, I'm still looking at uh, the two second-year receivers with some problems here, Ruggs and Edwards, and don't have an interest in John Brown adequately replacing a Nelson Aguilar and what they lost there. All right, the next team we'll talk about, uh, they're their number 16 in uh, terms of vacated targets. That would be the Chicago Bears. And the Chicago Bears have 124 vacated targets right now from 2020. And there was a big development of late, the trade of Anthony Miller to the Texans. So he had 76 targets. So that's a big person out of the mix. We do know that uh, Jimmy Graham has returned. He had 76 targets at tight end. But Cole Komet figures to see a bigger role. He had 44 targets. So 76 targets gone from Miller. That should really help Darnell Mooney. He already had 98 targets behind Allen Robinson's Easily team-leading 151. You also have Tarek Cohen returning. He wasn't active as well out of the backfield. Corderell Patterson is gone, so he could pick up those 25 targets that Patterson had and a little bit more out of the backfield and a little bit from David Montgomery. So that's where you figure Cohen's getting involved. But big opportunity for Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. 76 lost targets there. So Komet cutting into a little bit to Graham's targets, cutting into a little bit Miller. Crossing over as an intermediate target. Miller mainly was looked at in the slot. And Darnell Mooney, a big reason why they made this move. So, Darnell Mooney, if you had him on the radar as a hot sleeper here, playing off Robinson as a number one, he moves up. Komet also bumps up a little bit as well with Anthony Miller gone before training camp for the Bears. The next team at number 15, the Giants, they have 134 vacated targets. So that would seem like a lot, and they also did certainly invest a lot in wide receiver this offseason. Spent on a top free agent in Kenny Galladay. Also used a first-round pick in Kadarius Toney. So a lot of their missing targets uh, 
a little bit related to the backfield uh, 27 from Wayne Gallman. So he's gone here. You still have uh, Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and Darius Slayton. Golden Tate had 52 targets. So a lot of that is left here. So Tate is uh, probably the biggest uh, person out of this mix. Uh, on top of the backfield guys, uh, Gallman, Lewis, and all that. So Saquon Barkley, we know, is going to come back and uh, jump on those uh, receiving targets that he lost when he wasn't healthy after he tore his ACL against the Bears. So where we look at it, so it's still a good uh, chunk here with uh, some of the guys that they moved on from. But the key is who's going to replace Golden Tate. Does Sterling Shepard have a bigger role in the slot here with uh, Tony maybe needing some time? He's more of a big slot here. Galladay certainly going to step in. So really... You look at Galladay, 52 targets. I don't think that's going to be Galladay's number. It's going to be much more. Slayton, I think, is going to take a hit here. Shepard is going to see a bump up here. And don't forget, Kyle Rudolph is also in this mix at tight end to flank Evan Ingram. So he's going to take a hit as well. So some things are going to be redistributed here. But guys, I feel confident about getting the key number of targets to lead the team. Galladay, number one, and Shepard, number two. Slayton is certainly going to be hurt. Ingram's going to be hurt here in this situation. And Kadarius Tony, at some point we'll see a key role, but early I would expect the rookie not to see action here for the Giants. Now, let's uh, go to the number 14 team in vacated targets as we count down backwards. We'll get to number one eventually here, but we want to see who's here on the journey. The Chargers have 136 vacated targets, so that's uh, quite a bit. I don't think anyone kind of expected that with the way their offseason went down. But when you look at it, we know a big chunk of that is Hunter Henry at tight end. So when you look at what Henry did last year in this offense, 93 targets. So, yeah, that's a good chunk of those 136 right there. Change it up a little bit in the wide receiver core. You didn't really add too much there. You also lose Kalen Balaj out of the backfield. There's a chance that Justin Jackson gets cut, but that's good news for Austin Eckler being fully healthy. He already at 65 targets, so he should be see a bump up there. When we look elsewhere, I mean, yeah, Hunter Henry is the big guy that uh, saw a lot of action there. They did get Jared Cook, so he's going to cut in a little bit of that. But I think a beneficiary here, and after... Keenan Allen, it was a big drop-off, 147-85 to 85 to Mike Williams. I think Mike Williams is going to benefit here. Jared Cook is an older tight end. I know he's kind of a guy for hire that gets it done in different spots, but Cook is going to only cut in a little bit to that with Henry. I think Williams in this new offense with Joe Lombardi is going to be involved quite a bit to try to stretch the field opposite Keenan Allen. So, again, Allen is going to still be the target monster, but behind him I think Williams more so than Cook picks up those uh, non-backfield vacated targets in Los Angeles. Finally, the last team we'll cover in this segment is the is the Seahawks. We already talked about the Chargers, but the Seahawks come in at number 13 in terms of uh, vacated targets. They have 144, so that might uh, also surprise some people from last year. Well, the big change up here is getting Dwayne Eskridge between uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So, Certainly something's changing. They also said goodbye to David Moore, who had 47 targets here. Carlos Hyde out of the backfield had 20. So there's that. Uh, Jacob Hollister at tight end is gone. So you have him and uh, Greg Olson. But you add now Gerald Everett in the mix. So at tight end alone, at, behind Will Disley, you have uh, 77 targets there. So some opportunity for Gerald Everett with Shane Waldron, the former Rams uh, passing game coordinator, now the Seahawks offensive coordinator. So... 
That's a good little sleeper to target because of that development. Uh, they might use a lot of 12 personnel still with this team some, for some versatility. So Hollister is gone. Their Olsen is gone. That opens things up again, definitely for Everett, if they use them consistently to complement Disley. And you would think with the two tight end sets, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby in Los Angeles, that will carry over to Everett and Disley here. So otherwise, David Moore pretty much was the third receiver. Big targets there. Pretty even there. 132 for Lockett, 129 for Metcalf. So everyone else is kind of by committee here. So David Moore gone. A little bit of uh, upside for Eskridge there. And with Carlos Hyde gone and maybe more leaning towards getting backs involved in the passing game, that should also boost the value of Chris Carson here in relation to uh, losing Hyde. All right, so there were the teams 18 through 13 in terms of uh, vacated targets from 2021. We're counting all the way down to one. We'll hit 12 through 7 and then 6 through 1 in our final two segments. But... I do have to tell you more about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Soil bait, freedom of choice of Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites. So am I. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, and German Chocolate. My favorite flavor, it varies uh, when I'm in the mood, but I love all the ones with chocolate and more chocolate. So... Mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, German chocolate, cookies and cream. I'm all over those. I do also enjoy the fruit and nut flavors as well. So I like to get a mix pack where I can get two each of nine flavors there. So really mixes it up. It has a variety. I can have a delicious built Bar of a different flavor every day. All the bars you get from built Bar are covered in 100% chocolate. Soft and easy to chew. 17, 18 grams of protein. They're every built Bar, so they're healthy for you too. Ran in calories from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams sugar, only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Amazing flavors that you get at Built Bar, their classic flavors. Look out for their special flavors as well, like their Grasshopper Cookie, recent uh, Thin Mint-like addition to the Built Bar flavor family. Just order today and you can get any kind of a Built Bar combination you like there. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, and that's great uh, knowing that. They're about to hit the action in Tokyo for the 2020-2021 Olympics. All you have to do to get in on Built Bar, go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. We'll be right back here to look at the next teams of note with vacated targets over 100 here, going from 2020 to 2021. All right, let's uh, pick up where we left off. We're breaking down vacated targets here to close this week on Locked on Fantasy Football. We last talked about the Seahawks and uh, how they transition and what their vacant targets mean. We stay in the NFC West and we go to the Arizona Cardinals. They are number 12 on the list, 156 vacated targets from last year right now and uh, Larry Fitzgerald uh, is kind of being factored in a little bit into that that he's uh, pretty much retired here so he kind of hasn't totally admitted but 72 targets there 45 from Dan Arnold those are really the big ones there and how they're again these targets here and Kenyon Drake out of the backfield naturally so first of all what do you notice Chase Edmonds should see a bump up here in usage they did add James Conner he'll have a few targets but Chase Edmonds already had 67 Drake at 31, so a bump up there. Now, you figure that uh, A.J. Green is going to eat up a lot of those Larry Fitzgerald targets pretty much here. And uh, maybe we'll see a bump up for Andy Isabella a little bit. Christian Kirk uh, probably stays status quo here. K. 
Keyshawn Johnson, they're also working in the mix here. So, and Fitzgerald is assumed out of this mix uh, here for the Cardinals. Green coming in, he's more of an outside threat. Fitzgerald became more of a slot guy. So there is some potential for Green. I just think they're going to trust Green opposite DeAndre Hopkins a little bit more than these interchangeable young guys, Kirk and Isabella. They also have Rondell Moore in the works here. But I think you'll see less uh, use of the tight end here. They tried with Dan Arnold, but... So I think it'll be redistributed here more with the wide receiver core. They just have too many versatile weapons there out of the backfield. So Edmonds will be fine. See a little bit of bump. Green comes in, steps in, gets Fitzgerald, and probably will take some of these younger receivers' targets. DeAndre Hopkins is just fine. He'll still get that massive volume. You may see it drop down a little bit, but even the drop down from 160 from last year is going to be pretty good. So consider that. The Cardinals lost 156 targets. DeAndre Hopkins alone had 160 last year. So that's just an amazing number, and uh, that's why we love DeAndre Hopkins. So let's go to the next team on the list with uh, vacated targets. They are the number 11 team. They would be the New England Patriots, 171 targets have vacated from 2020. How do they fill those voids? Well, we know that it happened pretty quickly here and probably have more guys that you expect. So the guys out of this mix for the Patriots here, Demir Bird. He had 77 targets. Julian Edelman went healthy at 39. You could also see Nikhil Harry on the move to further open up targets. Out of the backfield, Rex Burkhead is gone in his 33 targets. So, not a lot there at tight end. So, big change here as they bring in both Hunter Henry and Joni Smith. Jacoby Myers had 81 targets to lead the team. So, he's probably in good standing here as a key receiver for this team. But, we'd like to see Harry move to help uh, Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar a little bit more. So, yeah, the targets are vacated, but I think the Patriots kind of uh, overcompensated here because they got basically nothing out of tight end. That's not going to happen again with Henry and Smith in the mix. You only had seven from Devin Naziazi, five from uh, Dalton Keene here, 20 from Ryan Izzo to lead the team. So there's going to be some crossover there. Those guys are going to eat into some of the other targets. I think Myers is going to be okay, but... I'm not really focusing on Aguilar and Bourne getting a lot of targets here. Out of the backfield, this is certainly going to help James White, who already had 62 targets last year, but Burkhead is gone, so that should open those things up because Sonny Michelle and Damian Harris only 16 targets combined last year in 16 games combined. So uh, James White is bumping up here. Myers is in good standing. I think the receivers, again, that's what you're weighing. Aguilar and Bourne, the two newcomers, versus the other two newcomers, Smith and Henry, I think it's going to be won more by Smith and Henry here as we try to uh, see what the Patriots do for the passing game production with Cam Newton and maybe transitioning to Mac Jones at some point this season. The number 10 team in vacated targets, that would be the New Orleans Saints. They have a 174 gone from last year. and We talked a little bit about it when we broke down Michael Thomas and his absence here so far. That could be a few early vacated targets, but keep in mind, Michael Thomas didn't play a lot last year, so... He only had uh, 55 targets, so that's way down from what he usually does. But you lose 82 from Emmanuel Sanders. You lose 60 from Jared Cook. You lose another 10 from Josh Hill. In the backfield, just a handful there, so nothing to see there. Kamara, uh, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray were the dominant uh, figures there in targets out of the backfield. So again, it really comes down to what they do for Sanders and Cook. So I think it's more committee there, especially now with Michael Thomas potentially sidelined for early. I, I think you'll see, again, we talked about it a little bit, that it's hard to say between Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris, and Marcus Callaway is going to stand up and take most of his targets, but 
we are pretty confident with Josh Hill gone and Jared Cook gone. Adam Troutman's going to have a big role as an intermediate receiver. So that's why we're so high on Adam Troutman. It's just natural that there's some big opportunities here with Cook, both Cook and Hill gone. And Troutman, by the way, only had 16 targets last year. So a lot to shoot up for. Well, I think it's going to be by committee a little bit with Harris and Smith and Callaway just out of necessity here and still going to be run heavy. So you can see a bump up as well for Kamara and Murray and their usage as receivers. All right, the next team that we'll look at is the Los Angeles Rams. They come at number nine with 190 targets vacated from last season. Uh, this probably surprises you because they still have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson, but let's see what uh, they did lose of note here for this team. They didn't really involve a lot of people in the passing game. They're pretty streamlined to a few guys, but Really, you can add that pretty quickly here. Josh Reynolds gone out of the mix. Gerald Everett gone out of the mix. Malcolm Brown out of the backfield, 33 gone. And now you have Cam Akers uh, there on the shelf. He only had 14 targets, however, last year. So Malcolm Brown, that's a good chunk out of the backfield available for Henderson there with Akers on the shelf. So that's really a bummer for Akers because I think he would have stepped up and got a lot of those targets in the backfield world. Now, Xavier Jones, the backup We'll probably see a few, but Daryl Henderson probably won't see a bump up naturally the way that Akers would have in uh, volume to make up for Malcolm Brown being the most targeted back on the team last year. Yeah, very limited amount of usage here. So John McVay, everyone talks about he's complicated and likes to throw different players in the mix, but really he's pretty streamlined here. So again, let's focus on the, the backs going. Henderson seeing a little bit of bump up here. But I think the big person we're going to watch here is Van Jefferson maybe climbing up or Deshaun Jackson, who's now their next receiver. Tyler Higby also has some opportunity there because uh, he had 60 targets to Everett 62. So there's some available, but I think they'll diversify, pour more back at wide receiver here. So 81 from Reynolds was pretty big last year. So I think that's going to be more committee-like. Jefferson sees a bump up from his 31, but Deshaun Jackson is a deep threat with Matthew Stafford in there. Is also going to see some of that action as well. So it's going to be spread out a little bit more, reinvented. Again, especially with Akers down, not having Everett. I think you might see less dependence on the tight end, looking more dependence on the white receiver short area and all that. So that opens the door for Jefferson or Jackson having some value behind uh, Cup and Woods here. And uh, we know Woods and Cup are going to dominate. Woods had 129 targets. Cup had 124. Those guys are going to still lead the team, but... The trickle-down harder to figure it out figure it out with the Rams, but it's a shame with Akers because I think he would have been maybe the third most targeted player behind Woods and Cup. The number eight team on the list, the San Francisco 49ers, they had 193 targets vacated here from last season, so there's some opportunity there. The big name there is Kendrick Bourne, who went to the Patriots, and I'm uh, going to cut into that crowd there, but Elsewhere with the, the 49ers uh, in their passing game, it was uh, Tevin Coleman out of the backfield. He had a few targets. Jarek McKinnon actually had 46 targets, so he's gone. So 51 targets out of the backfield basically vanishing there. In the passing game, you have Jordan Reed retiring, so that is got its out. Kendrick Bourne had the 74 targets there. He was actually second on the team in targets behind uh, Brandon Ayuk. George Kittle was third with 63 and uh, Debo Samuel was next there with 44 behind uh, Jordan Reed. So 
when you look at that, I mean, there's some opportunities there. Uh, on a lower level, uh, Trent Taylor also out of the mix. He got 21 targets last year. So plenty of opportunity for Ayuk to, to build on those 96 targets. He had those in only 12 games last year. Samuel should see a big bump up with Bourne gone. He had 44 targets last year. I think they'll be less dependent on the two tight end sets and uh, Reed. Those were a lot tied to George Kittle only playing half the season, seeing 63 targets. So Kittle's targets up, Samuel's targets up, Ayuk's targets up. I like all three of these guys in fantasy football. I look at Brandon Ayuk as a wide receiver two, Debo Samuel as a wide receiver three, and George Kittle as a top three or four tight end one this year. So good shape for the primary playmakers to dominate here all over the field, and those are Ayuk, Samuel, and Kittle. And why wouldn't you flow your offense through those three special weapons and less dependence on the backs out of the backfield here as well. They do have uh, Trey Sermon, but he's not much of a pass catcher there. Mostert and Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, 47 targets there. So almost matching Jerick McKinnon, but I think it's going to be redistributed more to the receivers and Kittle. Samuel Ayuk Kittle should be on everyone's radar in different stages of the draft. The final team we'll talk about this segment, the Atlanta Falcons. They were 7th with 195 vacant targets. You know where these targets are coming from. And it was a late development here with Julio Jones leaving the team in a summer trade there to the Titans. So that's a big chunk gone. But we also know a big chunk is coming in with Kyle Pitts, the number four overall pick rookie. But Calvin Ridley last year led the team with 143. Russell Gage was second, by the way, at 109. So you lose 68 targets for Julio Jones. So he was on the shelf a little bit. So that's something you have to be careful of. You have to look at was the guy healthy. But the rest of their targets really came out of the backfield. 35 for Todd Gurley, 30 for Brian Hill, 26 for Edo Smith. So Mike Davis will probably eat up a chunk of those here. When you look at those numbers of targets, you're looking at uh, 91 targets gone from the backfield. So yeah, some of the backfield targets are certainly going to go to Mike Davis. You're going to see potential for 50 plus there. You have uh, Julio leaving and limited nature there. So Russell Gage should stay pretty steady in his usage here. If Even if they're in a, a lot of 12 personnel and use two tight ends with Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts. But Kyle Pitts certainly has a lot here. So really, when you look at it specifically, Jones in a 68 and mainly in the backfield. So good news for Mike Davis, good news for Kyle Pitts, and makes Russell Gage a deeper sleeper here at wide receiver there to stash on your bench. All right, so we'll get into the top six teams and vacated targets and what that means for fantasy football in 2021 in our final segment. But make sure, look, training camp's here in full swing. Check out your favorite team's uh, podcast here on the Lockdown Network. You're going to get an awesome beat report all five weekdays here, every week here from now through the end of the season. So anything you need to know about your favorite team, we've got you covered. Our team-by-team hosts do a great job there. Beat reports in convenient listening form for you, especially with camp going on, preseason games. You want to be on top of what's going on with your team. And the only way you can do that with Locked On is with our crew of local experts. So check out all those shows, whoever your favorite teams are. In any sport, we've got you covered here on the Locked On Network. We'll be right back here to close the show uh, looking at the top six teams and vacated targets from 2020. All right, let's uh, close the show and this week of Lockdown Fantasy Football. So diversify the portfolio a little bit. A lot of different interesting fantasy football topics covered. Eventually we'll get into some uh, team previews here as uh, we count down to the season. And then we'll look at uh, the position rankings and uh, do 
a mock draft again closer to the season. So a lot of good stuff coming up in the month ahead of Lockdown Fantasy Football. So thanks for joining us this week because you're in for a great ride all through the, uh, the season. And uh, can't wait to tell you what we'll be doing for a regular season mode. But a lot still to talk about going in training camp and figuring out strategy for drafts. And that's what we're doing here looking at the vacated targets. Let's look at the number six team in vacated targets now as we count down to number one. That's the Cincinnati Bengals, 195 vacated targets from this team. So that might surprise some people, but let's look down the line and who of those uh, players created this. A.J. Green is number one, 104 vacated targets. So immediately, Jamar Chase, the rookie, should have a good floor to hit those 100 targets. They were able to also get T. Higgins, 108 targets, and Tyler Boyd, 110. So actually, Green was third. So good spreading the ball around. It didn't matter who was quarterback. But we know with uh, Joe Burrow and reuniting with Jamar Chase, he's going to lean more towards Chase. So Green, 104 baseline for Chase. He's going to cut in quite a bit to what Higgins and Boyd have to uh, dominate as the number one. Boyd and Higgins are still going to be very much involved. Higgins is the complimentary big size number two, and Tyler Boyd the slot. But Chase certainly has a direct path to producing well. And he's not going to put up 47 catches for 523 yards and two TDs that... A.J. Green did. So he's going to maybe change the pecking order. We had 79, 841, and 4 from Boyd. 67, 908, and 6 from Higgins. So I think he's going to cut in uh, chases to those numbers a little bit, but good signs that he will live up to his expectations. We love Jamar Chase. He's being undervalued still behind these other receivers. I think he should be clearly a wide receiver too with the usage with Burrow and the connection and how much they're going to throw this season. Now, the backfield was also interesting. Gio Bernard leaves, uh, went to the Buccaneers. 59 vacated targets. He clearly led the team in that area. So Joe Mixon expected to see bigger role there, but Samaj P. Ryan had 12 targets. So they'll have a little bit bigger role, but Chris Evans is always there. The next player added to the backfield without Bernard. So he could see a bump up as well in his role. There's a bit of uh, ambiguity on exactly how much Joe Mixon is going to touch the ball in those third down situations. He's capable of a receiver, that's for sure, but do they want to keep him fresher? Had a tough injury riddle season last year, kind of wore down a little bit. So 3.6 yards per carry, so they might find a way to make sure that Mixon isn't always on the field and is more of a two-down back. He'll, he'll creep into every down work as well, of course, because he's just that good of a back. But again, watch out for P. Ryan and Evans having a bigger role than we think on that backfield to make up for what they lost with Bernard and the targets. So let's uh, go to the uh, next team, number five, the Carolina Panthers. They have exactly 200 vacated targets as of right now from 2020. Let's see who those targets uh, could be replaced by. We know the Panthers uh, really, you see Christian McCaffrey. Part of that is that 70 targets were Mike Davis's. So we know Christian McCaffrey is going to get his normal number of targets. So that's pretty much solved there. That Mike Davis had to fill in, had the 70 targets, 89 out of the backfield combined. McCaffrey is going to eat a chunk and then some. The next guy that they lost was Curtis Samuel, 97 targets there. So pretty healthy already with Robbie Anderson, 136 targets with Teddy Bridgewater. Now he's got his old quarterback from the Jets, Sam Darnold. So those should be pretty nice. And DJ Moore should also benefit here with Samuel gone with 118 targets in the mix. They also have Terrace Marshall, the rookie there, so they might work him in slowly. They also added Dan Arnold at tight end here, so they didn't lose Chris Manhurts. So Dan Arnold could really eat into a chunk as well. 
helping uh, fill in for Samuel there in those numbers. And Ian Thomas has been a disappointment at, at tight end as well. So Dan Arnold has an opportunity here to really step up as a short to intermediate threat. You'll see more bounce up a little bit because he's a big play threat in the Samuel vein. Anderson is, could see some uh, work cut into by Terrace Marshall at some point with Anderson being a free agent next year. So some things to uh, certainly watch there with the Panthers, but don't be fooled here. A lot of it, Christian McCaffrey is going to make up for Mike Davis's 70 and then some, and, and a lot of Samuel's usage, remember, was tied to McCaffrey not being available. So McCaffrey is going to cut into a lot of what Davis and Samuel did. The leftover are going to trickle down, I think, more to more than Anderson, and Dan Arnold has a chance uh, as well to see a few of those and uh, cut into Ian Thomas's limited workload at tight end as well. The number four team in vacated targets, the Tennessee Titans. But with the Tennessee Titans, you want to see the tank refilled to give you an idea of what the targets could be. And the Titans are a good example of that, where there's certainly some parallel universes going on because you know what they've lost and you know also what they've gained, and that should tell you what the roles of the newcomers are. So Corey Davis, 92 targets. Those are gone. The other... Uh, Key targets here. Adam Humphreys had 35, uh, mainly working slot here. So 92 and 35 gone, and Jonu Smith had 65 there. So A.J. Brown, 106, the lead team. He's back. Corey Davis, 92, and Jonu Smith, 65. So Anthony Ferkser, actually, surprisingly, already had 53 targets, only 12 less than Smith last year. So it's not that big of a stretch to eat up some more of those tight end targets here. So Ferkser, that's why he has uh, some nice upside as a sleeper here for the Titans. So a lot of uh, intrigue in uh, what he can do. Stepping up for Jonah Smith, Julio Jones should easily, seamlessly get those targets that are vacated by Corey Davis. Corey Davis is no slouch again, playing off A.J. Brown. And don't forget about Josh Reynolds pretty much uh, replacing Adam Humphreys as well. So very direct replacements for all these uh, players. So Jones could really bump up to there from those 92 targets here. I could see Ferkser not quite eating up all those Jonas Smith numbers, and Reynolds a uh, bit of Humphreys, but that's diversified as well. So, have you look at it? Julio Jones in the good part to transition here to pick up those targets. Ferkser in a good spot as well as a deep sleeper, and Josh Reynolds uh, could be more involved than you think. But this all keeps everything intact for Ryan Tannehill having enough playmakers. The number three team to look at that they had 240 vacated targets, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Come in next, so staying in the south here. And let's look at what happened to the Jaguars. I mean, they lost a lot of players, but they also kind of streamlined their passing game a little bit. So the people gone from this passing game, Chris Thompson out of the backfield. So you have James Robinson, which you had also uh, Travis Etienne with the first round. So you're going to see Etienne uh, step in and get a lot of those key receiving targets and also work into Robinson. In wide receiver, you had a crowd. Keelan Cole's gone. He had 88 targets. Chris Conley had 63. Tyler Eifert limited there at tight end. 60 targets there. So, again, just between Conley and Cole, that's a lot gone here. So, DJ Shark should bump up nicely from the 93. LaVisca Chanel actually had 79 targets. So, you can see who's going to get those uh, vacated targets. Uh, Marvin Jones coming over as the third receiver from the Lions. So, Good path for Jones to be rather busy here, but Chark should be, see a significant bump up again. 151 uh, combined vacant targets from Cole and Conley. How they get distributed. Chark gets a bump up. Cheneau gets a jump up, bump up here. And you have 
even distribution between them and and Marvin Jones here as the third receiver. So Chark in really good position to have a big rebound season here. He had a good chemistry. Gardner Minshew was banged up a little bit, missed three games last year. But Chark certainly has the biggest upside to step in here with Cole and Conley gone. Jones could be in a little bit lesser low than we saw in Detroit just because of the presence of Cheneau and Chark being uh, key targets here for Trevor Lawrence. So, And you also see potential less targets overall for this team as they might lean more towards the run. So Etienne might uh, cut in there in the receiving targets but also into the workload and uh, be more touches that come on the ground versus receptions and targets that go to backs and downfield. Number two is the Houston Texans. So, yeah, we're going to have a little run of uh, AFC South teams. A lot of vacated targets in the AFC South. So not so much for the Colts. But these three teams, certainly, they're the Titans, Jaguars, and Texans. Uh, where did the Texans lose targets? Well, they just had a few more leave the door. 48 with Randall Cobb out. So, he's gone. Brandon Cooks had 119 targets here. Chad Hansen is gone. 24 targets there. For him, last year, Will Fuller's gone. 75 targets there. So, you also have a remixed backfield here with David Johnson at 46 targets. But now you have uh, Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram in the mix. So, certainly, the Duke Johnson 35 targets uh, can be redistributed here. So, not good news for David Johnson in terms of seeing a bump up in targets with the additional players. You had Nico Collins come in. He was a key addition here for the Texans. But Cobb being dismissed... It directly goes to Anthony Miller coming in. So Miller will probably eat up a lot of those targets that Cobb left. And you'll see Nico Collins having an opportunity behind uh, Brandon Cooks to fill the void of Fuller here. If those are indeed the three receiver sets where you see Miller in the slot, Cooks on the outside, and uh, Nico Collins working his way into a key outside role as a rookie here for whoever's at quarterback this season. So, again... Miller comes in, fills in Cobb, direct replacement there. You have uh, Collins, more of a possession type, but certainly someone who can cut into the work of Will Fuller and what happened last season. So, again, so definitely a big change coming with uh, two key veterans there behind uh, Cooks gone in Fuller and Cobb. And finally, the last team, it's probably not a surprise to anyone, this is the least surprising, is the... Detroit Lions, they have a ridiculous 360 vacated targets from last year that they're trying to make up for. How are they doing it? Uh, well, that is kind of like committee. I don't feel too inspired about the way they're doing this, but the key targets here are gone. We know who they are. You lost uh, Marvin Jones. He had 115 targets. Kenny Galladay was healthy for... Only five games, so only 32 targets there. But Marvin Jones gone, and Danny Amendola gone. Here, Kerryon Johnson gone out of the backfield. Adrian Peterson. So, we know we've talked about it all year. That's why we love DeAndre Swift being a big part of the passing game here for what the, the Lions want to do. There, the season between Bashard Perryman and Tyrell Williams at wide receiver, it's hard to say, but Quintus Cephas certainly has an opportunity to bump up nicely from his 35 targets, so... Jones, again, those those are the big targets we're going to look to replace. I would lean a little bit more towards Perryman than Williams to eat up a lot of those veteran targets. Cephas to see a bump up here. But it all comes down to get Hawkinson there. I think he's going to easily be a top five tight end. Really build on those 67 catches on 101 targets, 70, 
723 and 6. So a lot of opportunity for Hawkinson to keep going up and usage Swift to be a big part of what they do in the offense out of the backfield here for Anthony Lynn. Used a little bit more in that Austin Eckler hybrid role. And certainly you also look at the quarterback, Jared Goff. They could have a little lesser passing volume overall, but that all benefits Swift and Hawkinson here as those are the type of targets that can help Goff rebound on his new team in a more controlled, short to intermediate offense. All right, there you have it. There's a look. Yeah, the 18 teams with more than 100 vacated targets, how those targets will be filled here in 2021, what that means for fantasy football. So really good extended uh, strategy session here for you to close the week. And speaking of extended strategy, you got to get the insight on how to uh, bet on sports. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicap expert, Lee Sterling, get the daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to Locked on Fantasy Football. It's been a busy week. We've got a lot packed in here, a lot more to come here as the uh, training camp revs up. And uh, we can look more specifically at uh, the big fantasy football developments you need to know before you end up finally drafting your teams there in late August, early September. For Locked on Fantasy Football for this week, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great weekend. See you on Monday.